Amen. Uh, I, I, I was kind of pondering on what, we were gonna, what I was going to talk about, and I kind of titled this message, well, When God Moves You, Don't Look Back. When God Moves You, Don't Look Back. And to set the stage for that, I need to go back to the story back in Numbers when uh, the Israelites were, being, uh, were fleeing Egypt. And if you recall, during that time, you know, God had been watching over them that whole time, even while they were in Egypt. And when they fled Egypt and were being chased by Pharaoh's army, they got to the Red Sea and they were cornered. And at that point, even then, God touched the Red Sea and they walked across on dry land. He created I-95 <laughs> for them to just walk across. And not only that, God took care of the Pharaoh's armies after that, that they would no longer pursue them. And so even after they cross the sea and after they, they cross the sea and they're into the land, the promised land, they're about to enter the promised land. You know, during that time, as they went, you remember, God led them to, by day, it was a cloud. By night, it was a fire. So God was continuously performing miracles throughout their lives. But you know, people, we grumble. We began to grumble and complain. You know, and after a while, they complained about being in the desert, and Lord, we're tired of eating this bread. You drop stuff we don't know about called manna. He's like, they grumble and complain, Lord, we don't have meat to eat. So, as God does, God was giving them daily. They walked out and picked up Wonder Bread. He, then he dropped in KFC. They went out every morning and just picked it up. So they had bread to eat, they had meat to eat, and yet still, they still grumbled. They still grumbled and complained. And you would think, after all that time and everything, like I said, that they would just look forward and know that God will supply all of their needs. They were at the promised land. And Abraham, at that time, Abraham gathered a spy. He gathered 12 spies, one from each tribe, and sent them out and sent them over to the land to investigate what was there. And he told them to go there. And after 40 days, the spies came back. Spies came back with a report. And they said, indeed, this is the land of milk and honey. They brought back uh, samples of the food, grapes, big grapes, and said, this is God's land that he promised us. It is just like he said. However, there were 12, and about 10 or 11 of them came back with another report about the people there. They said the people there were huge. They were giants. And in our eyes, we look like grasshoppers. And so we can't, they began to just, oh, we can't do this. We can't, oh, they're going to crush us if we go in. But there was one in the crowd, Caleb. Caleb said, and he looked up and said, shut up. <laughs> he said, God is able. He said, God is able. He's brought us this far. He said, shut up. We can take this land. He said, move on in. We'll take the land. And so that we kind of pick up the story there in Numbers 14, 1 through 3. And that night, all the members of the community raised their voice and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children have been, will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? To go back to Egypt. Isn't it funny how we always think things were so much better back there? It, it, we, we look at things and say, 
on occasion, it was so much better than what it used to be uh, because we attempt to relive old things. And we continuously look back and say, oh, the good old days. We remember this and about the things of past. But today I'm here to tell you what we need to do is you need to take all the wood that you can find in this building around here, take it, put it in a pile, and burn it. Burn the past. It's time to burn the past. That is the past. And God said, God said, I'm going to do a new thing. He said, I'm creating a new thing. You have a God that is constantly moving forward, creating new. He does not live in the past. He lives in the forward. He's a future-thinking God. So the spies, just, they, they had just went among the people, and they had just stirred up fear, stirred up all kinds of fear. And the people began to fear. But it, it's kind of like, you know, when you, you share your dreams with people, you share your dreams with people, and everybody want to put their two cents in. They wanted to say, ah, uh, you, you remember Cousin Pedro? He tried that. Now look at him. Look where it got him. You know, we, he, he, he said, how are you going to do that? You don't have enough money to start that business. You know you don't make enough money. You can't begin to start a business with the money that you make. But you know what you need to do? You need to be like Caleb. Shut up. Shut up. That's my dream. That's why you can't share your dream with everybody. If, if you put, put it, if God put it in you, then it will come to pass. He will supply all of your needs because he gave you that dream. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do. And, and Isaiah 43, 18, he said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Basically, God said, are you, your ears closed? Did you not see what I'm doing? He said, I am making a way in the wilderness and springing up new waters. And in a few days, as I said, we'll move into 2020, the month of January. The month of January, the word January was, was formed from a Roman word, Janus, which was uh, uh, the Roman god. The Roman god Janus he was a two-faced fellow. He was able to look in the past and look in the future. He was constantly looking both ways. Now, as I look and I say, burn the past, I'm saying, the past is very important. I'm saying you should observe what you've gone through, but understand you're there to learn a lesson from what you went through and don't repeat it. When you find the Israelites, they didn't learn their lesson. They were afraid of the future because they couldn't see it. Even though it was filled that past was filled with slavery, or abuse, beatings. They, could, they found some type of comfort in that because they had grown to know it. It's what they could see. They versus them having the faith to see and look forward to what God was doing. By that group of people, you know, that came from Egypt, that first generation, because they were constantly looking back. They never made it into the promised land. God moved them out, and it was 40 years in the desert. Until that generation died off, they never went in. So that's why when God is doing something, you need to look forward. You need to look forward to what God is doing because he may leave you behind. He may leave you there. And there are other stories that, are, that remind me of, you know, everybody remembers the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? And how God, the, the sin was just so ripe in that city, and God had just decided he was going to 
burn it and destroy it down. However, in that same time, God gave, he, he told Lot, said, Lot, take your family and run because I'm about to destroy the city. He gave him one thing. He told him one word, but don't look back. He said, I want you to move. I want you to run and don't look back. But Lot's wife, Lot's wife looked back. And when she looked back, ah, she turned to a pillar of salt and died. If you can think about when you're moving and you turn and God said, don't do it, and you turn around and you look back and it's like all of a sudden, bam, you're dead. That's how God moved back then. So when you're moving forward with God, don't look back. That's not where you want to go. You want to look forward into the future of where you're going. You know, the Israelites took 40 years, 40 years for a trip that should have taken them two weeks. It's a two-week trip. But when you refuse to see what God has put before you and has given you, God allows us to go through a different process, a different process. And most of the time, if not all the time, that process is tied to our purpose. That process is tied to our purpose, which brings me to my first point. To move forward, we must go through a process. We must go through a process. If you are to move into fulfilling your purpose, it takes a process. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes there are failures and successes, but it is a process. Sometimes it takes years for us to get to our purpose. I go back to Moses again. Moses had to spend years learning. He, he spent 40 years in the palace learning how to be a prince. Then he spent another season of his life out in the desert running. He had to go through seasons in his life. And I kind of believe like him, we are created for seasons. We have seasons in our life. You know, you have winter, spring, summer, and fall. There are seasons in our life. And most of the time when we find ourselves moving from one season, we've always started moving into another season. So we have to keep in mind that when that season is over with, it's time to move. Sometimes we find our place in, in, in a place like a wooden, I'll say like you take a wooden peg, you got a square hole. You can take a wooden peg and you can, you can pound it in there. With enough pressure, you can make it fit. You can, put it, you can make it fit, with enough but it, it's not where it belongs. That's not where it fits. It will never occupy and never be able to fulfill what its genuine purpose is because it's being forced into a place that doesn't fit. Because, but God has placed you someplace. You need to say this year, God placed me where I fit. God placed me where I fit. Yeah. We have to learn to appreciate the different stages of life. You can't be people who say, if, if you, you can't be people, I'm sorry, saying who you are and become who God is moving you to. Let me say that again. You can't be, you can't be saying that this is who I am and be who God is moving you into. The process is changed. And God has ordained a purpose for everyone's life. And what God has purposed, it will come to pass. But it is a process. It is a process. As I began to look back over the seasons in my life and transitions in my life, when I moved from one stage to another, I think about that move from high school to college. That in itself, that, that, that transition was a traumatic one. Because I had all the expectations of everybody, like, what are you supposed to do? You're going to go to school, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. That was a traumatic transition. And, and so it was a season, though. 
But that process prepared me for the next season when I got to college. And I finished college. But after college, that next transition, as soon as I finished that, it was like the month later, I moved to my next area. My season of life was I joined the military. And when I joined the military, that was probably the most stressful, most painful, the most testing, and yet the most learning stage of my life. I can remember that time when I, when I got to military, it was, I was in basic training. And it was about two, three weeks in. I called my mama crying. <laughs> I, I was crying. I was like, Mama, Lord, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I could not fathom what, with all these things that were going on around me and, and, and the way I had to adjust to people yelling at me. You had to yell at me to tell me to go pick up a broom. But it was a process. And so in that process, though, which is probably the, the, the most painful one, it, it, it trained me. It gave me leadership skills. It taught me how to accept and take responsibility, how to be proactive, understanding that things are not always going to go the way you plan, and learning how to adjust. I began to get that attitude. It taught me to adapt, improvise and overcome. And all those skills were things that I needed later in life when I started teaching. I started teaching in the system. I started teaching. And from that point, I went to be an administrator. I did that for 30 years in Dade County Public Schools. Let me tell you, you have to adjust. <laughs> you have to be able to adjust and move as the flow moves, and else you'll get left behind. All those seasons, all those transitions, all those things that I thought were just painful, those transitions in life, it had a purpose. It was part of the process to my life. God put that process to get me ready for the purpose in the end. Now, purpose itself is probably one of the most asked questions of all believers. God, what is my purpose? Where do I fit? I just don't know what, what is it that I'm supposed to do. I go to church, I see, but I don't know what is my purpose. So as I listened, I heard T.D. Jakes say this one time. He said, the more you know who you are not, that will allow you to know who you are. You got to know your limitations. You got to accept your limitations. You got to understand and stop. You know, see, you can lie to other people, but you can't lie to yourself. You can put on that facade and, and think and, and make everybody think, oh, holier than that. But you know inside what's going on. So when you accept who you are not, God will move you into where he wants you to go. He'll move you there. Um, you know, a lot of times it's like now, I mean, most of us throughout life, we made mistakes. And, uh, the 12 that God walked with, they were not perfect. They made mistakes and they messed up. They constantly messed up, but see, they had a purpose. God had a purpose for them. He had a purpose for their lives. So regardless of those mess-ups, God had to fulfill that purpose. That's why with King David, everybody talked about King David. D King David, everybody knows David messed up big time, big time. But the, the fact that God had a purpose for David, and he didn't let David's mistakes override the purpose that he had for David to serve. So you got to understand that's your purpose. When God will not let those things, those mess-ups, they won't let them mess up because he has a purpose in your life. Fulfill that. He'll fulfill that. The next thing you got to do 
in 2020, if you want to be able to move forward and not faint, I looked at that and I said, it says, now faith is. Now faith is. Confidence in what you hope for and the assurance of what you do not see. Now. Now. See, now is an adverb. Now is an adverb, which connotates action. Faith is the now. Now is a person, place, or a thing. Now, the now activates your faith. It activates that thing in your life. You have to have a sense of urgency now if you want to move when God is moving you. Think about that. Some, how many have kids? About, you know, that middle, little ones, big ones. You know, when you, that, that the now activates. You know, when you said, I need you to go. You know what? I'm going to have to pick on you because the names I know. Keegan, I need you to come to the room. Keegan, like, okay. Keegan, Come. I need you to come. I'm coming. But the third time, it's like, now. Now. I need you to come now. It's that sense of urgency. That's what God wants us to do. He wants you to have a sense of urgency. Now your faith is. If you have your faith now, God will activate on your faith. God moves based on your faith. He says if you believe, you have to be able to activate it. So Look at the now in Jeremiah 21 11. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and I will come. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. I start to say, you know what, my, my sermon is over with. Children's church, he already preached my sermon. Because he says to seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, sometimes in our world right now, we get things before, like she's showing, things before God. We get things before God, and then we don't have room for God. So he tells us to seek him, and we will find him. And I say that you need to go this year. This year, the first thing, spend time with God. Spend time with yourself and the word. Spend time with yourself and the word and ask God, what would he have you to do? Spend time with God and say, God, I need to hear from you this year. I need to hear from you. Share the goodness of God with someone this year. Be purposeful about that this year. Let your light shine and let the world may see who you serve. So be purposeful. Believe God is a good God. He's a God of new beginnings. He's a God of second chance. God, believe our end is better than our beginning. Our end is better. God, <laughs> he, his glory would be better on the latter house than it was on the former house. You got to believe that. You have to accept and believe now God is. Now faith is. You need to move into now. You need to begin to pray. Now it shall spring forth. Now I will get that new job. Now my child will be delivered. Now my neighborhood will be delivered. Now sickness will be out of my household. Now I will do the things of God. Now I will move past those things that were in 2019. <laughs> Expect God now to move. Expect him to move now. Expect God to be there on your way back home. Expect him to move forward before you, before traffic, before everything. Expect God now. Stop living under condemnation of your past, past mistakes and failure. 
Stop evaluating your future by what you experienced in the past. Expect God to move now. To move now. My third point is, in that pray, God tells us to pray and let the Holy Spirit guide you. Pray and let the Holy Spirit guide you. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know, we use ways to get us around the world now. You know, you either got Google or you got ways. And you trust Google and ways to get you where you want to go. God is telling you, I got a roadmap for you. I've got a roadmap for you. If you read my word, it will guide you in spirit and in truth. He tells us to seek him and you will find him. Knocking the door shall be open. Every time the door shall be open if we seek him and knock him. Philippians 4, 6, God tells us to be anxious for nothing. But in everything situation, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Go to God in prayer, in other words. Go to God in prayer. Let him guide you into the truth. And he shall, he pray for God for guidance every single time. Pray for God that God will guide you and lead you into where he wants you to go. Every time. And I promise you, during that time, if you sit still, if you would just be still and know that he is God, he will guide you. But you've got to seek him first. Spend time and seek him first. I'm going to probably get you out of here faster than you've ever been in church this year. <laughs> yeah. My fourth, I guess, and final point, put on a garment of praise, people. Put on a garment of praise. You have to begin to praise God. Praise him for where you're going before you get there. You got to see yourself in that place before you get to that place. You've got to, if you expect to be in a position of authority, you, you want to be an executive, start dressing like one. Start dressing like that. See yourself where you're going, not where you've been. You've got to be able to put that faith in action now and say, God, I am moving. Yeah, put yourself in position. Before you ask, you've got to dress it, speak it. Instead of walking around, God tells you to also stop walking around with that sour face. You, you know, you, you want to be the president of a company, but every time if you rest the receptionist now, you come in, you got that sour face in the morning. People saying, good morning. You're like, mm, good morning. <laughs> May I help you? Nobody wants to see that. Pull off that face. Put on a morning face. Put on a face of glory. Put on a face of praise. So when people walk in and they say good morning, you say good morning. Isn't God good? God is good all the time. They're going to get silent. You say, I am. God is my provider. How can I help you this morning? I can walk with you. What is it that you need? I can do this. We can do this. Change that face. Put on that praise. So when you walk into that, he says, take on. Take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. That's what he says. Proclaim this year the Lord's favor is upon you in your house. So God's getting ready to do a new thing in your life. He's getting ready to do a new thing. He's going to take you to another level. God's ready to take you to another level. God tells us to give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. I, I, sh I needed her prop. That was the rice. If you can just imagine that rice, when God, God, you got God first, and you see when he added those things to it, and if he just, if you just get putting God, he'll keep adding things. 
and it'll overflow. Press down, shake it, shall men give them to your bosom. So if you want to do things, you've got to put God first. Tell him what you want. Once you identify your purpose, mm, identify your purpose. Stop trying to reoriginate yourself. Do what your goods tell you. When I say your goods, God gives you the goods that you call for. He puts it in you. Look and identify the goods that you have. Chances are when you do, that's what God has purposed you for. God has given each and every one of us a period. I call it grace period or two. According to grace, he's given us. He's given each one of us something according to grace. Um, let this year be your year of grace. Walking in that process, that, that time period in your life where God's grace is there with you during that time. If this time in your life, God has given you the grace to serve, then serve. If God has given you the grace to teach, then teach. If God has given you the grace to, be in, to encourage, be an encourager. Do what God has put you in at this place at this time. So look at that gift. Walk in that gift. Walk in that stage. That process, constantly encouraging people. Make this stage of your life the best stage ever. See, God has given you a purpose. God is always blessing you. He's prepared you for the purpose in your life. So walk with that. Walk with that every single day. So God, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm able. This is the grace that you've given me for this day. And I thank you for it, Lord. He says, the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 61, verse 1, as I end today. He says, proclaim this year, the year of the Lord's favor. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has ordained me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and bind up the darkness. Proclaim this year. Your year will be the year that you step into your purpose. I will not look back. I will only look forward. I'll only have faith right now in what God is, is moving me to. I'm not going to be a person of the past because my God is a future-thinking God. My God is the one that will take me everywhere I need to go if I allow him to do that. So make up in your mind this year. I'm not looking back in 2019. Yes, 2019 had some glory, but it had a lot of faith. But rather it was glory there, I know God has got a better thing here. God has got a better thing. He's moving me into my purpose. He's moving me into the year that I can proclaim his good news. So make this year the year that you will move with God and proclaim his goodness. And so I want to just thank you, and I hope I didn't hold you too long. And if you would, let us pray. Father God, we thank you this morning once again that you have been with us. And Father, that you have sowed your word. And Father, you said your word will go forth and not return void. So Father, your word go forth and accomplish the mission that you set forth for this morning. So Father, I just want to thank you for the lives that you've changed. Thank you that the lives you are changing. Lord, we ask that you would minister, that you would minister, O oh Lord God, to the people that are here. Father, we ask that you would minister to this church, to this congregation. And Father, that they have they have a purpose this life. They, they fulfill the purpose this life in serving you and being with you. Father, now I even speak to the people that are not here. Father, release those people from the east, from the west, from the south, from the north. Have them come. 
Father, we say that they will come to this place because your glory resides on this place. And so, Father, we want to thank you now, Lord God, because you are God that's going to do a new thing this year. You are going to do a mind-blowing thing this year for this place. And, Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you in advance. We thank you in advance for all that will come and all that will be delivered in this place. Father, we walk from this place today giving you glory, giving you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That was probably too quick.